Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right down to it. Uh, first off in the news, you have a couple of things you wanted to share with us. Uh, yes, uh, Crunchyroll uh, recently announced that uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime manga tops Bookwalker's digital sales ranking in 2018. Oh, nice. So That's a manga I may have to start picking up, or at mm-hmm. least the light novels, because the show is really, really good. We're we're both up to date on it. <laughs> we are both up up to date on it. It's been it's been uh, simulcasting on Mondays, and it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I like to I like to watch it after work on Monday to unwind. Apparently, um, last time Konosuba was number one, and it's been dropped to number three. What's number two? Uh, Overlord. Oh well, okay then. I'm okay with that. All three of those are great, so I'm totally yeah. fine with those being the top three. In fact, the the, the top ten right now are in order. Uh, that time I got reincarnated as Slimes, number one. Number two, Overlord. Number three, Konosuba. Number four, Is It Wrong to Try to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon? Okay. Number five, Goblin Slayer. The light novels or the manga? Uh, the manga. This is the manga. Okay. This is all, well, okay. So the novels for Overlord, novel for Konosuba, novel for uh, d- Girls in a Dungeon. Or uh, what, what was that? What's the... Danmachi? Danmachi. Danmachi, yeah. Yeah, Dungeon Town, Danmachi. Okay. Uh, manga for Goblin Slayers number five. The novel for Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody. Okay. Is uh, number six. I've heard a lot about that show. Number seven is the novel for The Irregular at Magic High School. Okay. Uh, then number eight, Isekai Mekiu de Heremwo. Haven't heard of that one. What's that one again? You said Isekai... You know what? Doesn't matter. Uh, number eight, right here. Oh, number eight. I'm pulling it up. Yeah, here. Isekai make you de harem Something about a harem in an, in another world. Yes. Um, and then number nine is that time I got reincarnated as a slime. The novels. Mm-hmm. So, this this franchise is in the list, the top ten twice. Mm-hmm. Number one is the manga. Number nine is the novel. And then uh, number 10 is uh, No Game, No Life, the light novels. Okay. I'm sad that that show didn't get uh, longer because it still it seems to be a pretty popular light novel. Yeah, it but got... Yeah, the anim- I am disappointed that the anime didn't get another I season. Thought, I could have sworn that they made a movie or something, but you know, whatever. Okay. We'll have to look it up. Uh, next is uh, Netflix has been announcing quite a bit of anime news recently. They um, certainly have. Something that we have not listed here, but I should go ahead and add it so we can go ahead and add it to our website, uh-huh. is they also showed the trailer for the new Ultraman movie, mm. where um, it starts off, it's a CG movie, I think it's done by the same, uh, I think it's production IG, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're the same ones who've partnered with Netflix to do the Godzilla CG movies. Right. Um, the Planet Godzilla movies. Uh, and this starts off with a giant uh, man in a in an Ultraman looking suit attacking uh-huh. a Japanese kid in the middle of a, a stadium, mm-hmm. and um, same same lines up along the same things along, along the 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 line of um, uh, the power of Ultraman should not exist in this world type mm-hmm. thing. 
um, or was never is supposed to be in this world. And so he's about to kill this kid when suddenly this older man shows up in a trench coat and white hair and everything, like real older man. And uh, he says, uh, this boy is not Ultraman. I am Ultraman. And it's the original Ultraman from like, you know, the 60s and 70s. Oh, wow. He's just older now. Um, and he apparently, I think he's the dad of the kid. Uh-huh. And so it's talking about how the power of Ultraman has passed from father to son. Or like it's now the two of them. And then the, the son does the Ultraman transformation later on and gets like a newer updated version of the suit. Uh-huh. Uh, instead of like the spandex that he had in, in, the, in the older stuff. Um, but I'm excited for it. Unfortunately, it's released on uh, April 1st, 2019. So, um... Anyway, uh, we'll, that's, that's a, that's we'll a pretty see. poor date for them to pick the release date on it, but you know, whatever. We'll see. Anyways, what's some other Netflix news? Uh, Netflix has acquired the worldwide license to Neon Genesis Evangelion, the TV anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they'll start streaming that soon, I think. Okay. Um, they might be working on a live-action version of that. I know mm-hmm. that there's a couple other live-action uh, anime that are uh, about to release, mm-hmm. including... Your bit of news. Oh, live action. They're they're not doing more live action. It's it's one more show of live action that they announced like at midnight last night. Uh, um, and they have announced that they have the rights and they are it, they they've greenlit uh Cowboy Bebop live action series. Uh, okay. Ten episodes. A lot of people are worried about that, and I think rightly so. Yeah. At the same time, if they were to do a live action anime, Cowboy Bebop was one of the ones that I think could work if they do it well. Right. If um, if they get the tone right. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, the world itself was real enough mm-hmm. that it could be ad- that you're not you're not ruining the suspension of disbelief to bring it into live action. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. the the world itself was mm-hmm. real enough. Well, and like um, a lot of people are already worried that they're going to go ahead and um, you know change everybody's race and stuff for the sake of diversity. And Netflix has been known to do that uh, for you know casting people of uh, of color, which you know. It doesn't make sense in the context that they 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 did it in for like Death Note and stuff like that. Right. I to me it really depends on who they cast as the character. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as I could see them in the character, I think I'd be fine with that. Um, especially, but here's the thing, um, Faye Faye Valentine. Okay, yeah. she is one of the most beautiful women in anime. Yes, she's just gorgeous. She's also one of the worst women in anime. <laughs> there was a website that I saw that was rating like the top 10 and top top 10 most beautiful uh, women in anime. But they also gave them like the, their beauty was out of five hearts and mm-hmm. their and um, their personality was one to five lemons. Uh-huh. And Belle Mandy was like, you know, four hearts, one lemon, you know, type thing. Oh, yeah. Fancy. Um, the, you know, the perfect waifu the perfect waifu um and this is before full metal this was way back in like the late 90s early 2000s when sure. i saw this faith valentine had five hearts and five lemons yes mm-hmm. so uh anyway the worst but, person to lose your mm-hmm. heart to so but there's a couple of things that i that i'm 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 hesitantly excited for about the show yeah. one is that the original director is going to be brought on to consult or uh-huh. he's already been brought on to consult yes and the first episode it's been announced is going to be written by christopher yost same guy who wrote Thor Ragnarok. Oh, nice. So they're really bringing in some good talent for Cowboy Bebop. Oh, good. So Because uh, mm-hmm. bad Netflix live-action anime adaptations is such a meme. The two two examples that come off the top of my head, uh, one of them was from My Hero Academia. They, they, they have this meme where it's three panels, and one says, 
of the manga, the anime, and the Netflix live-action adaptation. Mm-hmm. And the first one was from My Hero Academia. And it was Todoroki, the half-fire, half-ice kid in the manga, then in the anime, and then a hot-and-cold dispenser cooler mm-hmm. for the Netflix live-action adaptation. Oh, yeah, no, there's there's quite a, there's quite a few. My, another one that, now that mm-hmm. you've seen the anime, you're going to get this. Remember the episode of Oran High School Host Club, where the twins dye their hair different colors? Mm-hmm. It's that that scene in the manga, that scene in the anime, and then some garbage uh, Disney Channel show where two main characters happen to have blue and pink hair for that given scene. For the Netflix, li- the, <laughs> the Netflix live action. Yeah. yeah. Netflix is also um, I, the same article that I read for the news on Cowboy Bebop reminded me that Netflix is also doing a live action Avatar: The Last Airbender series. You think they're going to get it right this time? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to talk about the movie. Um, I enjoyed it more than a lot of people did, but I yeah. still agree with a lot of the, the arguments against it. My, my um, big thing about it is that they definitely tried to cram too much story into too little amount of well, time. Well, 13 episodes into a 90-minute movie, that's just way too much. No. It's Which, way too much. R- really? They could have made nine movies out of the content that is in the first what they could have done was do a movie about them after the series ends sure you know uh that way people aren't really comparing it to the to the tv show i mean they would still compare to the tv show but they wouldn't feel so left so much stuff just skipped over and left out right um anyway um let's go ahead and is there any other news we wanted to cover today um, I thought that was something, but it skipped my mind, so I guess not. Okay. All right, well, let's go ahead and go on to the three episodes in, and you picked it this week. And this week, we're going into a decades-old classic, as our uh, opener likes to tease. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked Galaxy Express 999. And we should probably call it Galaxy Galaxy Express 39, because that's what they call it in the show. So they, every every time they say they say the um, the name of the... Of the or the number of the uh-huh. of the train, they say city nine, which means three nine. Hmm. So Galaxy but the Express train itself nine. has three nines. Yep, on and the so front of it. that's why they call and... it three nine because it's got the three nines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Galaxy Express three nine. All right. In a distant future, Tetsuro, a human boy who wants his body replaced with a robotic one. This is possible, but to do so, he has to reach the immortal planet on board the space train Galaxy Express 39. That's just, yeah, we copied and pasted that synopsis from another site, and it just, they didn't, just they didn't write it very well. Old. Tetsuro, yeah. a human boy, a human boy, want, it, Tetsuro is a, it's probably Tetsuro is a human boy who wants his body replaced with a robotic one. Yeah, there's just a simple yeah. is that they, that yeah, they missed out. Just some, some grammatical but, errors. It's on us to proofread these. So, anyway, let's go ahead and get started. So, the All first right. episode starts off. Uh, we learn that it's a... It, uh, it takes place in the distant future. Mm-hmm. In the year 2221, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 2221. Uh, humanity has expanded into the stars, and we've we've invented these uh, incredible um, ships that are, are shaped like trains that take us from planet to planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, humanity has made... The ability to transfer their consciousness into robots and live for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, very advanced society, but at the same time, it's a very, very divided society because only the rich, um, who the, can, the rich, can replace their bodies with cyborgs that live 
uh, thousands of years, whereas mm-hmm. the poor starve and die out. The so poor starve and die out. Mm-hmm. So it's a very class-based system. Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be any social net for the uh, underprivileged. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there, a lot of anime do this. I mean, uh, I was reminded of Battle Angel Attila mm-hmm. when it start first. Alita, sorry. Alita. Yeah, a Battle Angel Alita. I apologize profusely. Um, it's okay. It's not like anyone listens to this anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to both oh, of you. Oh, I made myself sad. <laughs> oh, your joke is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> your joke is bad and you should feel bad. Anyway, anyway ba- Battle Angel Alita had that sort of thing going on with, with it where there was a discrepancy between the wealthy and the poor. Um, even, uh, Megaloboxing had, uh, you know, had, mm-hmm. had the, um, the, the mega city and the slums. It's, it's, it's a dystopia. It's a dystopia setting. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and so, and so, you know, I'm just seeing a lot of parallels in current anime that this is clearly inspiring certain things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and yes, uh, so, um, we're seeing a lot of people starving to death and, um, not making it so well for themselves in the slums. And we learned from this narrator that a lot of, uh, that a story has been circulating around the poor people that if they are able to board a certain train and get to a planet, they can have their bodies transformed into robots for free. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is this is an extremely expensive train. So a lot of poor people will work their entire lives trying to save up a ticket for the train and they still can't afford it. Um, and this is the Galaxy Express 3.9. Uh-huh. That. And uh, and then after we get that intro, we see uh, a mother and a child walking through a snowfield, and they see a, a train land on the planet. Yes. Uh, and we're introduced to uh, these people. Uh, the child is our protagonist, Tetsuro. Who, and... real fast, is voiced by Masako Nozawa, the same woman who voiced Goku. Wow. Mm-hmm. If you look on her IMDb page, she's done a ton of stuff. She's 84 years old. She's been in the business for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, when I heard Tetsuro talking, I was just like, that sounds like Goku. <laughs> and so I looked it up. I was like, yep, that's Goku. And so Fantastic. Anyway, hopefully it doesn't turn you guys off from watching the show because uh, a lot of people hate Goku's Japanese voice actor. But whatever. I prefer it to the English one. I just, I'm, not a, I'm just not a fan of the English dub of Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z. Anyway, uh, moving on. Okay, and so they're uh, they're making it through the fo- through uh, the wilderness, trying to get to the city, uh-huh. um, and they're dedicating themselves to trying to get onto Galaxy Express three nine, mm-hmm. um, to uh, uh, and when um, uh, what's it called? Uh, and during their conversation, it's revealed that uh, the father died a while ago, trying to gain money for them to get onto the train, mm-hmm. and so that was all in vain. As it was said. And uh, so the mother starts weeping. And uh, Tessero uh, consoles her. And says. Uh, and, and so she agrees that she won't worry about it right now. She mm-hmm. won't dwell on it. And then she. They agree to both. Something. They both agree to work as hard as they can. To save up money for tickets. Uh-huh. On the Galaxy Express 3.9. And then yeah. She senses something. She hears something. And after a little while. She tells Tetsuro. Run. We have to run. We have to go. Our lives are in danger. And is like, wait, what, why, what's going on? And it's revealed here that uh, a lot of robots, because of their lack of humanity, 
have taken up the sport of hunting the poorer class. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then th- uh, they, they start running and then three uh, robots on horses come after the um, come after them and one of them has a really nice looking rifle and he looks down his scope and he shoots and he kills Tetsuro's mother. Yes. Uh, Tetsuro um, goes into hiding and uh, he sees the uh, the robots gloating over the kill about how beautiful she is, how they're gonna stuff her and mount her. Yeah. Um, and um, you know hang her on a wall or something like that. Yep. And then they uh, they they ride off into the snowstorm, and he tries to go. And they ask mm-hmm. about what about the boys? Like, oh, don't worry about yeah. them. He wouldn't make a good. He wouldn't even make a good trophy. And the snow, he'll probably die in the snow anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing evilly, and then riding yep. off. And then they ride off, and he tries to go off after them, but he then he collapses in the snow himself. Yes. And that's when we're introduced to the woman who everybody in Japan knows the face of because her face is still everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they. Oh man, like the first beautiful woman in anime. If you, I, there's got to be stuff before it, but it's like mm-hmm. the most iconic. She's easily yeah. And you want to go ahead and then talk about what happens there, or um, so she, um, yeah, okay. So Tessero wakes up in her hut. Which is modestly decorated, and mm-hmm. okay. Where we it's revealed when Tetro's mother's killed, all she was wearing was a blanket around herself. Mm-hmm. As they're trudging through the snow, mm-hmm. she was barefoot and bare. Apart from that, which made me think te- because Tetro was e- was equally clothed in what appears to be just a blanket esque robe huddled mm-hmm. around himself that I thought the same situation was for him. But he wakes up in nice, fresh, new looking clothes. Mm-hmm. A red shirt and pants and mm-hmm. um so I'm I'm under the assumption that not only did she bring him to her hut and uh nurse him back to health, but also provided him with uh clothes. Okay. Is what I is what I was led mm-hmm. to believe by the uh the situation. It's possible. Mm-hmm. So but at the same time, he still has that same rag that he wears. He does. He still in all uses three episodes. It, like, he still has that of, some kind of poncho thing. Yeah, that it's he's wearing. it's what he wore when he was out in the snow in the yes. first place, and he still has it yeah. uh, three episodes in. Um, and it's revealed that she has um, she was able to find him because he, she overheard a transmission. She overheard. She happened uh, to have some kind of uh, deep deep scanning radio system yeah. that overheard their conversation. Overheard his and his mother's conversation. Yeah. And she just barely heard clips of it. And she went the wrong way at first, but then found him. But anyway, um, he, uh, she says, like, she asks what he wants to do with his life. And he says, well, I want to work as hard as I can so I can get a ticket so I can go to the free plant. I can go to the planet where I can get a free robot body. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, what if I just give you a pass for the train? That way you won't have to work and you can go now. He, he he's instantly immediately very grateful to her mm-hmm. but then sees the rifle that she has on the wall mm-hmm. and decides that now is a good a time as any well she also says i'll give it to give you this pass on one condition you take me with you yeah and he says okay but and then he sees the rifle and he sees the rifle and he decides that he is going to exact well 
a part of their conversation reveals that she knows the location of where mm-hmm. the count. Well, they is. hear him over the radio. Yeah, they hear mm-hmm. him laughing because he's having a banquet. Mm-hmm. Talking um, about how he's going to skin the mother or, or whatever and do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sk- yeah, he's going to very carefully skin her and stuff her and then mount her on his wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned that his name is Count Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he, yeah, he then says, "Look, I will take you with me on the condition that." you let me kill this man tonight. And she says, uh, well, and she says, yes, she, well, she just be careful. She, she doesn't really give her, he doesn't really give her time to say yes. Though. Yeah. That's sort of a, she warns him to be careful because if she kills, he kills a robot, then he'll be a criminal on this planet for the rest of his life. Yeah. And the robot police will hunt him down and everything. And he says, I don't care. And so he, yeah, he kind of says, that's my condition. And he runs off into the snow and then we go to the banquet that the robots are having and yes. how they're they're drinking cans of oil they, they, and they, stuff. They, they seem to have aerosol spray cans of oil that yeah, they're, or like, that they're or, pumping into holes where their mouths I, I thought I thought it was more like, um, you know, the old can where you, you'd pop it a couple of times. Mm. Um, like uh, that they had in Oz where Dorothy put mm. the oil yes, can. Yes, yes. It yeah. was a, a pump-based. A pump-based oil thing. Oil dispenser. And they put one, like the Count put one in his mouth and clicked it a couple times to drink the oil. Uh, I see. And I was like, okay. And then um, the, these these guys are sitting around this table and then Tetsuro shows up. <laughs> and then Tetsuro shows up, curses them for killing his mother, uh-huh. and then opens fire with a fully automatic... Yeah, this la- this laser gun laser is fully gun. automatic. It's just like a machine gun of laser fire, just and he lays waste to this. And he's this little kid. Yeah, yeah. Bl- blasts all of his henchmen, all of his associates, puts a hole straight through the count's chest, mm-hmm. and then the count starts begging for his life, saying, "I don't care what you do to my body, just don't hurt my brain. It's all I've got left." But in my, as long as my brain exists, I can keep living forever. Please don't hurt my brain. And then he smashes the butt of the gun through his head. Mm-hmm. And then, now, and then sets fire to his mansion. And then sets fire to his mansion. Now this, real fast, full disclosure. This is an older anime. Yes, it okay. Is. Um, they were a lot more lenient when it came to telling telling stories back then. Yes. Um. So you're gonna have to suspend your disbelief a lot when you're watching this show. Just remember that you know, um, like he's this little kid, and suddenly you know he's able to expertly wield this weapon against them, the weapon he's never held before in his entire life, and he's somehow strong enough to, after he got you know survived you know almost freezing to death in a snowstorm he should be weak enough already uh-huh. he's strong enough to smash the butt of a rifle through a robot's face yes either that's a very cheaply made robot and the rich guy got screwed <laughs> <laughs> or the kid's super strong now i'm still enjoying the show i'm not saying that's a bad thing just if you guys are going to watch this show make sure you remember that this is an older piece so you know they they had a lot more they were a lot more open with their storytelling, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Now, the, the original manga series came out in 1977. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, doing my math, is only 32 years after World War II. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of their earlier mm-hmm. uh, anime, a lot of their earlier media was very dark in tone. And uh, it's mm-hmm. kind, of kind of a way of... Because um, <clears throat> they were nuked. They were nuked yeah. twice, mm-hmm. and as a country, a lot of their media, their earlier anime, uh, you can tell that there is a, uh, a kind of a 
there's a darkness that is kind of cathartically leaving their system as they're uh, producing this media. Yeah. At the same, at the same, I'm not, I'm not calling out the show for being dark though. That's not what I'm no. doing. So, but you know, sh- shows during that time ha- dealt uh-huh. with a lot of death and a lot yeah, of. Yeah, they did. Um, um, but uh, you, and, that, that's also just that's. I wouldn't just say that time. I'd say all of anime. You know, it's it's a lot less these days. A whole lot less. Mm. Well. It's a lot less these days because modern anime can really capitalize on the moe market. That's what modern anime tries to do. There's still plenty of shows out there where main characters die, though. Oh, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there absolutely are their sin in anime. But mm-hmm. most of anime these days seems mm-hmm. to be based on what merchandise they can also sell alongside the game. Yeah, I, I, I would so. say uh, go ahead and if you're, if, you, if you're worried about, you know, the death counter being too low for anime, go ahead and watch yourself Parasite the Maxim. And then, oh, and then watch, um, um, I forget what it's called, but it's, uh, or, or, or Demi, I think, something like that. Mm. It, I know they made a CG anime, but the Crunchyroll app also has the manga on it. Okay. And, uh, there are people called Demi-humans that can't die. They can die the most horrible, gruesome deaths and their bodies will just reform. Sounds like Angel Beats. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but anyway, um, we, uh... Okay, he, so he, he gets his so revenge. He gets his revenge, and then the, then police sirens start going off, mm-hmm. and so cops start hunting him down with dogs. He runs away. He runs. Uh, he runs away, and then suddenly a pack of dogs, and a whole, it's like you know, I'd say about twenty dogs start comes after him. It's 20, not one or two. Twenty cyborg dogs. Uh huh. And he, again, this kid, he is you know, part of my French, but he is the baddest of asses at his age already because yeah. the dogs are chasing him down and then he turns around kneels down in the snow and starts sniping the dogs as they're coming towards him he takes out about half of them uh-huh. on their way to him and then he starts bashing but, them with the gun they eventually overpower him they do eventually but holy crap i mean yeah how old is he like nine ten years old something I'm like that not sure yeah, I don't know how old he is. He is. I'd have to look a, look it up on a week on a wiki or something like that. Uh-huh. But and he's just not only has he just murdered four robots, four adults, uh-huh. um, four adults who are supposedly supposed to be good with weapons and guns because they go on hunting and kill people. It could be that they're just you know a bunch of rich snobs that never actually had a real fight in their lives. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're they're hunting the poor unarmed from a distance. Mm-hmm. So. Which actually reminded me of a game um, that I really want to play at some point called "Sir, You Are Being Hunted." I'll have to tell you about it. But Will Overgard from um, Extra Credits, uh-huh. he has a Let's Play of it, Ooh. and it's hysterical. Okay. Sir, you are being hunted. Sir, you, you are being hunted. Do you do you know what comes to mind when you say that exact phrase? What? Uh, the the hunter killer robot from Kotor with who calls you a meatbag. Oh oh like, oh yeah, sir, you are being hunted. And I feel bad because now I can't remember what his name is, even though he's the best droid of all time. Uh, HK forty seven. HK forty seven. Thank you. HK forty seven. Hunter is killer forty seven. The best droid ever. Yes. <laughs> meatbag. All right. Um, anyway, smelly but, bags of mostly water. The dogs then eventually, you know, overpower him. Overpower him. Got, got the better of him. Before they're able to kill him, then then uh, Mayatel shows up and kills the other dogs, um, and tells him to get on this sled that she's got, and they take this sled all the way to. And she and she comes in wielding a whip. Yeah, she comes because, in wielding a whip because she's in a horse-drawn sleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the snow and um 
is using the whip to drive the horses, but comes in and just bullseye smacks these dogs in the face with this whip, with mm-hmm. this whip. and gets gets them off of him. Which reminded me a little bit of the uh, the amazing whip foo from Castlevania. Uh, not as amazing as no, the whip foo in of, Castlevania. Of course, it's not. It's it's I mean, very early anime. Yeah, and yeah. and it's very. It's very early. Yeah, it's early anime, and it was not a high budget. No, well, it was a high enough budget for the time. The show had 111 episodes. 113. 113. Well, 113 episodes is on the list that I've seen, but some of them may have been two parters. Okay, or maybe conjoined in different. Uh, I, I just scrolled to the end on Crunchyroll, and I saw 111. I, I scrolled to the end on uh, Verve, and it said 113. Okay. So, however, they're separating them out. Like sometimes, sometimes um, Crunchyroll will take a two-part episode and just throw it into one file, or it will be a repeat, and it will just say, uh, like, it will be a recap episode, and it'll say eleven point five instead of episode twelve. Sure. So sure, it'll, be a, it'll be considered a half episode on Crunchyroll. So, um, but anyway, they then go to, uh, they then board the train. Uh, well, they're they, they, but before no, they board before the they, train, yes, mm-hmm. they're in hiding. They hide in a fancy hotel. In a fancy hotel, and. She's in another room and he's waking. She up. goes to shower and he's and he rests. Well, he he doesn't know that it's a shower. No, she says she says I'm she? gonna. She says I'm gonna take a shower. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then he rests, and then he starts hearing voices from the other room, and she's talking to a man with a deep voice, and she's saying he's it's all right. He's sleeping. He's resting. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And he's saying you need to stay with that child like his own shadow. And if, if you, you don't, you will be incinerated. If you don't, I will blow up your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, who? And Tetsuro gets up. He's Tetsuro. like, who's that talking to Mattel? Yeah. Mattel. And he kicks down the door, or he opens the door asking if she's okay. And then she's in a shower. And she she's in a shower and alone. Uh-huh. And she's in a shower alone. She says, is everything all right? He's like, oh, I, I thought I heard you talking to someone in here. No, it's just me. Oh, okay. I guess I must, you know, she's like, you must be hearing things. Go ahead and just rest for now. Oh, Okay. And then she gets uh, dressed, and as they're about to leave, the police come. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police show up. It's just two officers. Um, uh, and she drop and she she tells uh, Tetsuro to go ahead and close his eyes, and she drops a flash b- grenade from from an earring. Yeah. She throws it on the ground. Blinds the police officers, and they mm-hmm. make, and they run. And they run. Um, and they get into an unmanned taxi outside. Uh-huh. Uh, it could be that's just because that's how taxis are. <coughs> but um, <coughs> they get into an unmanned taxi and they get into it. And I just thought to myself, this is the worst possible. Nothing happened. But I was like, this is the worst possible way to do a getaway. Because you're driving in a tube. Yeah. I mean, they're flying through the sky and they're driving in a tube. And I'm just yeah. like, what's to stop them from cutting off the tube to stop you mm-hmm. or you know it's you're in a tube you're not going to be able to make turns the police can report you and then the other police can be at the end of the tube exactly exactly now again it's a product of its time it is a product of its and time. and they got away scot-free from the cops it was only those two cops who found them apparently they were bad cops and didn't call for backup or let anybody know about the situation mm. um and then they got off and, and they left and they arrived at the train station Right before the train's supposed to leave at midnight. And she says, if we miss the train, it's another year before the train's going to be back. Yeah. And he says, oh. And then we see the train, and it's not like this future hyper... Uh, like, no, it's, it's not a steam a future, engine. It's not a futuristic train at all. It's a steam engine. The, the, steam. the train was designed to look like a steam engine from front to end. 
And so it shows like the tr- the clock tick from mi- uh, zero to mid or from eleven fifty nine to midnight, and the train starts off and leaves. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, they're gonna have to rush. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have, they're giving us a little bit more of excitement that they're gonna they're rushing to get to the train because the train is now leaving. Uh-huh. And then it cuts inside the train and they're already in there. I'm just like, yeah, they made it inside. It's like they, they made it to the station. We see the clock. Train leaves. To me, that's building up to it's a final scene for them to get to the train on time. Yeah, r- running to the train, running to the away. train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were already on the train, and the train just flies off. Right, and that's the end of the first episode. It is. Mm-hmm. Second episode, they go to Mars, and we learn a couple of things about the train and how it works. Uh, the train, every stop that it's at, it's going to be at that stop for one day, one local day. One, yeah, one local day. So it could be anywhere from ten hours to a week Earth yeah. time. You know, even yeah. longer than that. But it is a local. Day. I mean, if they went to Mercury, it'd be what 170 Earth days for them for the train to be there, which would be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I think it's 88. Yeah, but, but they make yeah. it to Mars in six hours. They do make it to Mars in six hours, mm-hmm. and then they're going to be at Mars. The layover there is 24.35 or something, something yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. So, so a Martian day is like less than half an hour longer than an Earth day. Mm-hmm. And Mars, I liked Mars um, because it had a very, very Western feel to it. We, we it learned... actually reminded me of the book cover I made for you. Yeah, a little bit, huh? It <laughs> yeah. did. Speaking of which, we have to work on the book cover for the sequel. Yeah, we do. Um, but he, but anyways, they land on Mars, and we learned that they uh, that humans spent the last spent a hundred years making the atmosphere on Mars breathable for people. And then um, all, the only people there are cyborgs. So and, what was the point? Yeah, and the only people who went to Mars were cyborgs, so there was no point because they don't need to breathe. Yeah. Um, and we see uh, there's three people in a bar. There is a man with the, the classic 70s perma-wave hair. Yes. Um, Which is just, it's just so class, this classic style. Um, mm-hmm. It's what you see from Captain Harlock. And, yeah, I was about to say Captain Harlock and all yeah. of them. Um, even like, even like, you know, Rick Hunter uh, yeah. from, uh, you know, from Robotech. Yeah. They all have that that classic permawave only this was to the extreme it went out past his shoulder it did um yeah purple hair and then there's a there's a red his name is dromino there's a red-headed woman by the name of phlegm and then Uh there are and then there's a an older looking prospector i don't think we ever got his name and they're in a bar and um they hear the train coming and dromino just says old man if i pass so if i die i don't need a grave and uh, the old man tries to stop him from going out and doing something foolish. And then he talks to the girl about, why aren't you going after him? And then it cuts to them on the pl- It cuts to the train arriving. And um, and like uh, Mayatel gives um, Tetsuro a bag of money. Gold coins. A bag of gold coins. Says that this is something from the train. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah. Ugh, excuse me. Say, she just says this and is for this is this, for food. This is for food and whatever expenses mm-hmm. you need, and it's just in the local currency. And this is one of the perks of having a permanent pass on the train. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, awesome! Thank." He's like, "Well, in that case, uh, I don't." Or no, like he he doesn't try to give it back at that point. He's just like, "Oh, that's awesome! Thank you." Yes. Uh, so he gives mm-hmm. one gold coin for a drink that he gets from the prospector. He walks in the prospector and he asks for a Mars soda or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's probably something you can handle. 
and he notices that he, he's walking to the town at first and he sees that it's a ghost town he's like, uh-huh. like there's no one here then he notices the prospector and the red-headed girl inside of the saloon uh-huh. he goes and orders a drink and they start chit-chatting he's just like yeah i'm from i'm from earth i have a i have a, a perm- i have a pass unlimited pass for the galaxy express 999 um this is my first trip i'm really excited and he shows off you know this big old bag of money and he gives this coin and then phlegm leaves she walks out during all of this and the old man comes and joins him, and the old man reveals that he has a robotic leg. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was, oh, okay, so he lost his leg and he replaced it, but no, that's all he could afford to replace, so he only replaced his leg, which I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I don't know why you don't replace part of your body if you can't afford to do, do the entire thing, but right. I mean, I guess it would be kind of cool to have a robot arm, but uh, <laughs> I don't understand why you'd have a robot leg. But um, anyway, um, and he says, oh, here, old man, take the rest of this money, because I don't need it. You can go ahead and use it to get your uh, to get th- to get your body augmented and become a full robot. And he says, "Oh no, I can't do that. No, you keep the money. It's going to be important to you. Don't worry about me. Just keep the money." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And the old man is like, well, "Would you like to see? Would you like to see the sights?" And he's like, "Well, like, I'm only here for a day." He's like, "Son, after a two or three hour ride, you'll see everything this place has to offer. That's it." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he, he's out there shouting for Flem, and then Flem shows up on a carriage. On a stagecoach. On a stagecoach. Horse-drawn stagecoach. Mm-hmm. On a stagecoach. And the boy gets, um, Tetsuro gets on top of the stagecoach, and they they ride around, and it's the entire thing is just, it's a ghost town. And he's just like, well, he also notes on the way to the bar, we forgot to say that he's, that he's feeling the dirt of the ground. And he's just like, this soil is so terrible. They wouldn't be able to grow anything here except for maybe barley. So what are they eating? Yeah. Um, and so he, uh, he and Flem are riding the stagecoach and he sees that it's all just, it's dead. And Everything's and, dead. And they, she takes him to the well, outskirts of town where there's a graveyard. Well, and she says before that, she says that all the rich people have already left and yeah. people aren't coming here anymore. So and because the, because there's so much of the galaxy to see, nobody wants to come to Mars. Mars yeah. is too close to Mars Earth. Mars is the closest planet to Earth. And so nobody here. wants to come here. Um, and so he, uh. Well, anyway, he, um, she takes him to the graveyard, as you said. And he said, these are the graves of the people who died colonizing this planet. Yeah. And, uh, it kind of shows that there's only three of them left. Yeah. Um, out of everybody who came to colonize the planet, there's only three of them left. And as he, as the boy is, um... And she explains how mm -hmm. the other humans just couldn't survive because the rich people couldn't bring... Uh, because the commerce wasn't coming, people weren't coming there, mm-hmm. that uh, they couldn't... Uh, make money. They couldn't make money. They were all starving to death. So. Mm-hmm. But um, Tetsuro uh, begins looking at the graves when we hear um, Geronimo tell him mm-hmm. to put his hands up. Um, and Geronimo walks in from the distance, and Tetsuro immediately realizes that he's been set up, that he was brought here by Flem for him to be attacked by Geronimo. And Geronimo says, don't bring your gun out, I'm faster on the draw. And um, Tetsuro still tries to shoot him. Yeah. Um, but he gets shot. He gets he... shot and there's an effect where <laughs> part of his robe that he's wearing uh, gets blasted to the side mm-hmm. and you think he's been fatally wounded. And he lays and he, he lays there on the ground as if he's dead. And uh, Geronimo grabs, searches, his body. searches his body and finds the... Um, and finds the pass and he puts it in his pocket and uh, but as he turns and he says now I'll go ahead I'll leave and then as soon as I have another pass I'll come back and give it to you so you can go ahead and 
come with me. And Flem pulls a gun on him and says, no, stay here with me. We can, we can always wait for another person with the gun. If I'm really that important to you, stay here with me. And Geronimo just uh, is like, no, like, let me go. I'll earn the money. I'll get another pass and I'll come back. Why don't you trust me? Why don't you believe me? And um, he then goes for his gun and she shoots him. He dives out of the way and then he shoots her. Yes, um, reflexively. Just reflexively, just out of instinct. He just pulls his gun out and shoots her. And uh, they have this moment where... Uh, she's, she's dying in she's his arms. She's dying in his arms. Um, very cliche kind of at this point type thing. But again, this was late 70s, early 80s when this was made. Um, it reminded me of a bit of the end of uh, Kira. You know what it reminded me of? Hmm. Uh, the scene where Nabashin holds the woman in the iron mask in... Um, in uh, Excel Saga? I've only seen the first three episodes. That's in the so first three episodes. We watched that for the show. Machine holds the woman in the iron mask. Because episode three ends with the two girls finally coming together. One's walking through the jungle, the other's walking through the, the, the city. Uh-huh. And, and it turns out the jungle is just connected to the city right there. Yeah. It's like two separate scenes, and boom, they're just right next to each other. No, no, uh, Nabashin is the one where he pulled. It's the scene right after, right before. The, the scene where she dies in his arms is the scene right before he pulls the machine guns out of his afro and starts shooting the uh-huh. helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Her man. face is drawn to look exactly like this girl's face. Right. It's drawn to look exactly right. like Mateo, M- Mayatel's face. Right. Uh-huh. I remember this from Excel Saga. Yes. yes he, I remember he's like, please it. let me look at you with my normal eyes again. Oops. And he takes off the helmet and this helmet just pops off and this massive... Well, you know, 10 feet of blonde hair comes out perfectly <laughs> curled yes. and stuff. And it's the exact same face. It is. <laughs> the exact same face as Maya tell. Just drawn in that style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what it reminded me of. And okay. I had to pause and laugh. Okay. okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I said, remembering... like I said, this man's art style and his characters are highly influential throughout all of anime. It is. So, yeah. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was reminded of the end of Hero where the, uh, the lovers... Um, quarrel over whether or not uh, sending Jet Li to assassinate the king was the best move. Mm. And the quarrel ends up with a drawing of swords and the guy lets himself get killed by her. Mm -hmm. And then she kills herself out of grief. Mm -hmm. Um, But but anyways, yeah, that's pretty much what happens here because Geronimo realizes that he's killed the woman that he loves. Um, And that's when Tetsuro gets up and says, give me my pass back. It's like, well, how did you survive? Oh, well, you shot this bag of coins that I had it turns out they were lucky for me, and they did help me out in the end. Thanks, old man. Um, now give me my give me my pass back. And uh, he kind of and uh, you know, it's like you'll have and, to shoot you'll have to shoot me for it type thing. And so they're in a quick draw match against mm-hmm. each other. But te- this time Tetsuro already has his gun up. Uh-huh. So as soon as um, Geronimo goes for his gun, Tetsuro pulls the trigger. But mm-hmm. Geronimo doesn't go for his gun seriously. No, he doesn't. And he Tetsuro... lets himself get... Sh- he he notices mm-hmm. the blood on Tetsuro's hand and doesn't g- finish going for his gun mm-hmm. and gets shot. Mm-hmm. And Tetsuro realizes that he just shot somebody who never actually went for his gun. Mm-hmm. So he starts, you know, he comes up to him. He's like, what's going on? Why didn't you do this? Like, Well, and the thing, the thing is, the thing that got me, okay, uh, real fast, again... This is just, you know, a product of its era. He gets shot in the left breast uh, pocket, which is the same spot that he put the pass. And I just thought to myself, Tetsuro just blew up his own pass. Uh, 
but it turns out he didn't. Like no. he he hands that Geronimo hands him the pass back yeah. as he's dying there on the ground. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why didn't you shoot me? He's like, because I realized that you were still a full human. You still have your blood. Yeah, you still have your blood. And is at that point that I realized I was watching a fable. Mm-hmm. And the fable that that over the course of the next hundred and thirteen episodes, hundred and eleven. <laughs> Greater than 110 episodes. <laughs> that the story is going to be over and over again. Is his dream of becoming a robot worthwhile? Mm-hmm. Because here he had two people who were already cyborgs, already had everything he ever wished for, and they didn't, and they were not content. Yeah, they were miserable. Mm-hmm. And so this is, and so it feels like the start of a long journey about, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, could, on discovery. And he but gets, it's, it's not mm-hmm. this alone wasn't enough to make him question it. But well, he begins to kind of question it. He, he I was does. about to say, uh, they get he get, gets back on the train and he tells his tells the story of his adventure to Maya Tell, which this did irk me a little bit. I will say Maya Tell's under orders to stick on him like a shadow. And Where was she the entire episode? Right. She stayed on the train. And I'm just like... Maybe only one beautiful woman per episode? No. That's clearly not true yeah. in the next episode. But anyway, she... Uh, but but that did irk me a little bit. But um, he explains the story to her. And he's just like, why? Like, what? They, they were already robots. Why were they unhappy? You know? Like, yeah. why were they in such a rush to get somewhere else? And I wrote to... I wrote down... Maybe it's because Mars sucks, kid. <laughs> Mars sucks. They want to go somewhere else. Would you like to be immortal? And, and the only way to leave uh-huh. was, was out mm-hmm. of their reach. Well, and we can go and talk about this more in, in the next episode. But I'm, I, it reminded me of like the, the people being robots. Especially when we meet the girl who's made of glass. Yes. Um, can they feel? There, there, there does seem to be a mm-hmm. sense of... Uh loss there's a sense of loss and it reminded me of the pirates in curse of the black pearl oh yes where i feel nothing not the wind on my face or the spray of the sea Mm -hmm. too long i have felt thirst and been unable to quench it Mm -hmm. too long yeah and they for seven years they couldn't feel a thing what would it be like to live for a thousand years and not feel a thing so anyway anyway um let's go ahead and move on that's kind of the end of that episode but no yeah this Uh this show actually just had so many parallels with battle angel yeah in terms of it's from that era and i'm actually looking forward to reading battle angel yeah um because i i went ahead and i pre-ordered the uh the collection of the manga Mm -hmm. that's being released later on this year really Um, how how much of the manga in that collection all of it all of it uh, oh, it's fantastic. the entire. It's like well, I'll go ahead and pull it up and. I no, I I read I watched a review on uh, Battle Angel recently, um, mm-hmm. and he does talks about you know, what part of the problem with the uh, the movie is that it's an or is that it's covering her origin story, which isn't the best part of the show. <laughs> well, from what I recall, James Cameron wants to cover wants to do multiple movies of Alita. Oh, fantastic! Um, That'd be great because. The origin story isn't the best story in yeah, the, in the yeah. arc because it starts off yeah. with the the common it is... trope. It starts off with what is it? Uh, mm-hmm. Beauty born yesterday trope, which is uh, a little bit creepy, but it's mm-hmm. it's the um, 
uh, what's it called? Uh, Fifth Element, where you have a beautiful woman who was literally born yesterday and mm-hmm. is is at is like a child and at the whim of uh, whoever else uh, whoever her guardians mm-hmm. are. Okay. Um, but later on, because because the course of the manga takes her through so many different story arcs. She stops being born yesterday mm-hmm. and becomes a fully mature, realized person. Okay. Over um, the course of the manga. Battle Angel Alita Deluxe Complete Series box set. That's what I have pre-ordered. So, it's a complete series. A complete series. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That said... How many... Uh, I just pulled up... I just looked up Alita. And it looks like there's about six volumes of Alita. But they're all they're all big volumes. Okay. Um, but, uh... Battle Angel Lita Volume 1 currently is free for Prime members for the Kindle. Neat. So I may just pick that up and take a look at it when I get the chance. Anyway, um, next episode. Next next episode spends half the episode on the train. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get to take a look at uh, how the engine works and how the inside of the engine compartment is actually Mm -hmm. something that they feature in the the opening and the... uh, Mid episode mm-hmm. switch over, and it's just all of these scientific uh, circles and lights. They're and on their displays. way to Titan in this episode, they and they don't. Re- I forget how long they say the trip's going to take this time, but it was six hours from Earth to Mars. Mm-hmm. I think it's like maybe a, a couple of days to Titan. I could uh, be wrong. They, they travel through a wormhole. To get oh, that's there. right, that's right. But no, they. But I forget. I forget the day they. The time they say they actually gave a yeah. time for how long it was going to be. Uh-huh. But anyway, they do. They go. They do so, so explore the train to kill time, mm-hmm. and, and then the, they decide to go get some food. Well, real fast, there's a couple of things. Um, they go to, they go through the train and they get to um, they get to where the conductor usually is, uh-huh. and there's nobody there. And then uh, t- and then uh, Maya Tell uh, flips a switch and opens up. If you're familiar with steam engines, uh-huh. the compartment where you throw the coal in, so it you know. So the engine gets hot and boils the steam and moves the train. Yes. Um, and she just crawls in. And then Tetsuro follows in as well. And that's where we see the compartment that has all the lights and stuff like that. And we're, we learn and that. Is, she, she says that um, it's a combination of human technology, alien technology, yep. and mm-hmm. things beyond our understanding. Which is something and that I wrote down. And mm-hmm. that the train itself is... Uh, an artificial intelligence. Yeah, and she says that there's there's the train is capable of things that humans can't comprehend yet. Um, but but it, it the, yeah, um, Tetsudo is just like this is a uh, this you know like the, um, it's amazing that humans can make this. And she's like, oh, humans didn't make this. And then she goes on and explains exactly what it is and and how it was made uh, using technology of ancient civilizations and then modern alien civilizations and then Earth. Uh, to build the the machine the the AI the computer that runs the train, mm. uh, the computer that can think for itself. Um, but anyways, they then go back and get some food because Tetsuro's hungry, yeah. and Tetsuro holds up a menu and he's like, "This is the first time I've seen a menu. I have no idea how this works." It is. He he's mm-hmm. only ever eaten off the floor in a hovel with his mother. Mm-hmm. So sitting at a table, being able to order whatever he wants, it's overwhelming for him. Mm-hmm. And so. She orders, so they have a waitress come over and she orders two steaks mm-hmm. medium uh, from her. But what's really interesting is the waitress herself. Two steaks medium, rice, and some and corn. Yeah, cor- mm. uh, mil- mealed corn for her and steamed rice for the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole time, uh, Tetsuro is, glare- is just staring gawking. at, gawking mm-hmm. at uh, the waitress, who is 
um actually reminded me a lot of the alien girl from the mm-hmm. uh from the the uh cgi movie of um harlock captain harlock yeah mm-hmm. like well she's naked from head to toe but solid glass and, and translucent with, and and with conveniently conveniently placed hair conveniently placed censoring hair mm-hmm um, with, so that you don't see it, it's be, it's mannequin detail. Mm-hmm. So she's a mannequin made of glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and we find out that her name is Claire, which gave me a moment to, to of laugh. Clarity. About. Yeah, it gave me a moment to laugh. Like, hey, it's a pun. She is a clear robot named Claire. Mm-hmm. And she is. She's just absolutely beautiful. And. You, Tetsuro's trying to figure out what she's made of, and she says, "Oh, I'm made of glass, and it's a special type of glass, but she's made of glass." Yeah, so so he's muttering to himself about what material she might be made of, mm-hmm. and she explains what she is, and then she also explains how her mother, in her vanity, chose this body for her against her consent, mm-hmm. and how she's now working to save up money to get a human body back. Get a human body back, and right uh, right around that time when they have that conversation, then we see uh, a train worker. Um, comes in and says, we're about to go through a tunnel. Everybody, please be ready. Now, was that the conductor? Because I think that the only other person I've ever seen on the train was the conductor. I think it's, got... I'm pretty sure he's called the conductor. Yeah, and he's, he's but just... the train, but at the same time, they say the train has no conductor. So he's... No, he's the gonna... train has no engineer. Oh, engineer. Okay. But they do have a conductor who is mm. responsible for telling people where, the, mm. for managing people. Gotcha. But the train has no engineer. Um, uh, the conductor, though... Reminds me of a black mage from Final Fantasy. Yes. Because he's, mm-hmm. he's kind of squat. He has his hat. And he's got two eyes coming out from the darkness. I wonder if he can cast Kamehameha. <laughs> Ninth level spell. Can only do it once a day. Uh, performance issues. <laughs> Happens to a lot of wizards. Anyway. Um, a wizard did it. <laughs> a wizard did it. I wonder if he'll appreciate wand chucks. I am the wizard who did it. <laughs> there's a character in the in the show that they well okay for those of you who don't know for those of you who my don't spell know, use, my spell uses love i understand every time i cast it the divorce rates goes up no my spell is powered by love meaning every time i use it it sucks more love out of the world <laughs> wait so what's your spell powered by love what what love <laughs> yeah no it's uh okay for those of you who don't know lee and i are quoting an older webcomic called 8-bit theater it is the story of the first final fantasy and it is one of the first um sprite-based comics that was ever made and it is gold yes yeah, so you can find it at so uh, good you can find it at nuclearpower.com. nuclearpower.com but it's with a k instead of a c for yes. nuclear um and it is comic gold it is so much fun um give yourselves do yourselves a favor and read it if you haven't read it yet uh anyway um, welcome to carnaria welcome to carnaria i like swords all right anyway i thought we were really getting somewhere <laughs> anyway um, destroy so, world rising anyway let's go ahead and continue <laughs> on and so they go into the and tetsuro's just like wait a tunnel we're in space how can we go through a tunnel well it's a tunnel in space time yeah and so they go through this tunnel that's in the asteroid belt mm-hmm. and this tunnel takes them a lot closer to titan but there's a risk with it um and now what happens Mm -hmm. in the tunnel is that um it it warps electromagnetic rays so for the crew for the safety of the crew they have to turn off all the lights yeah and And so the lights turn off and tetsuo can't even see his own food 
And he's like, well, uh, and then um, Maya tells, just like, well, go ahead and just keep eating. That's fine. And he's like, well, I can't see my food. And I can't then, find my mouth. I can't find my mouth. And then uh, and then Claire says, oh, let me take care of that. And she starts glowing. She becomes, she's a light bulb, apparently. Mm-hmm. So she goes from being this a beautiful green glass to being this glowing orange. Mm-hmm. And um, you and I must have had very, very different uh, f- um, settings on our TVs because she looked blue on my TV and then yellow. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, okay. she, uh, anyway, they, um, he's then able to, uh, eat and, uh, which I found out absolutely hilarious because the, the subtitle did say, I can't find my mouth. And then when the light's there, his mouth appears and becomes the strong, bad, ridiculously huge while oh, open. Gosh. And so it's like, how do you, how do you lose that mouth even mm-hmm. in the dark? But Claire, uh, anyways, uh, Claire, t- um, Mayatel leaves. I forget what her reason for going off is. Mm-hmm. But um, Claire says, I'll go ahead and take you back to uh, your room now. Uh, to, and uh, they grab hands and walk down. And they get separated for a little bit. Well, when uh-huh. she holds his hand, he realizes how... He's loving how warm she feels while the light is on yeah. inside her. Mm-hmm. And she's noticing this is the first time she's held the hand of somebody with blood pumping in their veins. Uh huh. And so it was a first mm-hmm. for both of them. And anyway, they move. Uh, they go down the train back to the, their uh, to where Mayatel and Tetsuro usually sit. Yes. Um, you think that they would have a room on this train, but it's just seats. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they get on. Uh, they on their way back. Um, Tetsuro sees a woman in uh, a robe and he sees the woman turns her face to him and he sees his mother. Which mm-hmm. caught me off guard because in the scene that I remember seeing her in, she had black hair. But in this scene, she has blonde hair. So I thought she I also some... has brown eyes. And for me, she looked like Mayatel, not his mother. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and just blame that on production errors because okay. in older anime, they were frequent. Sure. They were they were frequent. They don't they don't didn't have the quality control that we have these days. Um and he goes over and says mother and he gives her a hug and says I missed you so much. I'm so glad you survived uh, and count uh, uh count Mecca didn't kill you. And um as this as his mother is hugging him, you see the hands on his back trans- changing into that of like a hag uh-huh. of a, like a skeleton type creature. And uh, this creature then tries to pull him out of the open window. Uh, yeah, and in, into, at, into open space. Into open space. Now, there's clearly some kind of force field that they haven't discussed because they have open windows and they can travel from car to car in open space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly some kind of force field going around the train that isn't being mentioned much, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway, they... Um... Oh, we're spiking a couple of no, times. No, we're, we're good. We haven't. Oh. We, we're pre- reaching pretty high volumes, but no, we haven't. Uh, we peaked. haven't spiked. We yeah. Haven't otherwise, peaked. there'd be a little red light here to gotcha. say that we had. So we're doing good. Okay. Good deal. Anyway, um, now that we've had that fun little conversation about our sound, um, they, Maya tell not Maya tell um, Claire grabs um, Tetsuro and pulls him away, and she says, "If I can sacrifice myself to save one person who still has flesh." I'm okay with that. And then mm. she grabs the hag or the uh, this creature and self self-destructs. Yeah, she starts cracking uh-huh. and then explodes. And uh we see uh the next scene we see uh Mayatel and um Tetsu- Tetsuro sitting there. Tetsuro wakes up 
Uh, apparently, he had he'd been knocked out by the blast. Um, and she says that she saved herself. She sacrificed herself to save you. Um, one of the dangers of going through these rifts in space time is that they can cause hallucinations, and these hallucinations can kill. Mm. So we need to be careful going through these things. And I just thought to myself, well, before, both before um, this entire incident with the uh, with the illusion, I just thought to myself, this is a huge train. Where are the other passengers? Is everything really just for these two? I mean, is that it? Do we not have any other passengers on this entire trip so far? And then suddenly we see the woman like, oh, I'm like, oh okay, there is another passenger. And that other passenger turns out to be a hallucination. And another thing I just think to myself is, this is supposed to be an incredibly expensive trip. They have terrible security. They have wretched security. It's true. I would want my money back. <laughs> I would demand my money back. I mean, they probably make people sign a waiver, but at least these days they'd have people sign a waiver. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, we then see this scene of these crystals. Uh, we see these crystals uh, flying past the window, and uh, Tetsuo realizes that that's the remains of uh, Claire's body. Yes. And he starts freaking out. He's just like, no, 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 you can't do this. What are you doing? And Maya tells her, like, no, it's the rules. We can't do anything about it. And at this point, it's just pieces of glass. Mm-hmm. She's gone. It's just pieces of glass. And then uh, Tetsuro looks down and he sees another piece of glass at his feet that's glowing. A glowing piece of glass mm-hmm. in the shape of a teardrop. And they think that it's Claire's heart. They think that it's possibly her heart. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if that's going to come up in a later episode. Because it, it seems like things that he's collecting. It could be. It could very well be. But at the same time, remember this is like... This show feels like it's kind of a Monster of the Week type show so far. Not really Monster, but like where each episode is a individual adventure so far. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't come up, come up again. I, I think it might. Because mm-hmm. he seems to be collecting things along the way. I mean, a little we bit later forget, he gets, he gets, he gets to mention. Later. We did forget to mention that he took his mother's pendant. Like she said, take this. Yes. And that pendant is very, very important somehow because it's the first part of the opening of the closing credits for yes, like the is. first 20 it's, seconds. It starts spinning around in mm-hmm. the closing credits, yeah. And yeah, we, so, did, we did forget to mention that. So it's just so mm-hmm. many different things. But yeah, that's not a safe train. I would want, no. I would want my money back. <laughs> I would want my money back. Anyway, uh, they finally make their way to Titan. They do. And Titan, they have a... Uh, what was it? A 16-day layover. Because that's how long a day is on Titan. It's 16 Earth days. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be furious if I had a 16-day layover on a trip. That'd be so bad. Especially on the type of planet that Titan turns out to be. But anyway. Yeah, so they go out onto Titan. And Titan's uh, supposed to be a paradise. Titan is a paradise. It is absolutely beautiful. But as they're walking around, they just see this guy in front of them. Shot in the back and killed. Boom. And nobody got nobody lifted a finger to be Nobody does about a it. thing about it. And Tetsuro's freaking out. He's like, What this guy just got killed. What are you people doing? Why is nobody trying to help him? And then he hears a scream and he sees um he sees Mayatel being abducted. Being abducted. Yes. Which made me laugh because she was the one preaching about how dangerous this planet is. We need to be careful. Yeah. And within ten seconds she got kidnapped. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, 
And so he's going to try to save her. Mm-hmm. But he's... He's shot. Or attacked. He's shot with a tranquilizer. He gets shot and then he wakes up in somebody's room. He's, and it turns out... He gets shot by the person who's taking uh, yeah. Mayatel away. Yes. And then he wakes up and it was... And it's revealed that he was <laughs> shot, shot with a tranquilizer. Excuse me. Mm. Now it's spiked. Yep. Well, that's what happens when you sneeze. <laughs> Anyway, it didn't stop with the recording, did it? No. Okay. It was just it's just a warning. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, he uh, but yeah, he wakes up in this person's room, and it's a woman in robes. And you you had some things you wanted to talk to uh, about her, didn't? Oh you? yeah, she was just a very interesting character. Mm-hmm. This mysterious old woman on Titan seemed mm-hmm. to be important, and like she like she did come up later because I thought they'd be revealing more about her in this episode, uh-huh. and they don't. Um, but yeah, she she nurses him back to health, helps him up. Offers him a better weapon, um, and a hat, mm-hmm. and a boat, and tells him where to go to find these people. Well, he's like, I want to save this person. I want to save her. And he's like, you can't save her. She's he's with the gra- she's with the grape uh, men or something the like grape, that. Yeah, the grape militia. The grape militia. And he's like, well, no, I don't care. I want to save her. And he's like, look. And she explains this planet to him and says, this is a planet of freedom. People can do whatever they want. As long as it doesn't infringe on somebody else's freedom. Yeah. Which, obviously, and we learned this at the end of the episode, but obviously these people have taken the, don't know what freedom is anymore. No. Um, because murdering a guy is infringing on their freedom. Kind of, sort of. It's, <laughs> it, it's so wild because life, liberty, and property. You can't infringe on their property, and you can't infringe on their liberty. But apparently, you can take their life. Yeah. No idea. No, no idea. Then again, he could have been a robot, and we learned on the on the planet uh, on Earth with Count uh, with Count Mecca that if you know the robot will survive as long as you don't kill its brain. So it could be it was just somebody destroying his body. Could be. But anyway. Um, anyway. No, we're uh, fine. Okay, sorry, I just saw your watch reloading, so I was wondering if something happened. No, it's fine. Okay. Anyway, um, we, uh, well, anyway, he then gets on the boat and, um, comes, and, uh, why does he fall in the water? I don't remember what he, he jumps in the water for something. Uh, her clothes. That's right, he sees. He sees the hat and clothes. Oh, he doesn't jump into the water for her clothes. No, no, he finds her hat and, uh, uh, coat in the water and pulls them up. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he sees... He sees an insect. He's like, oh, it's just a big bug. That's right. It's just a big bug. And he turns his back on it. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And, and it turns out to be the giant... I could have sworn he jumped in the water before that. But I think I'm wrong. I think he jumped in the water to avoid the giant insect. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And then he gets back into the boat. And he hears this guy saying, oh, man, that kid would have been delicious. I can't believe he got away. He's like, wait, delicious? That guy wants to eat me? And I forget how. Well, I I was taking I was distracted when this next part happened, but uh-huh. he destroys the bug somehow. Yeah, he, he just shoots he, it. He shoots the bug with a new gun that the oh, old that's woman right, gave the new him, gun. and it blew up very instantly. Yeah, it's an extremely powerful space pistol that he has. Um, and uh, did he end up shooting the guy as well, or the guy? Just yeah, she ends up shooting. He ends up shooting the guy as okay, well. That's right. And then he goes up, and it looks like Mattel had managed to do a lot of damage. Well, he stops the, the boat, other. and he just sees all these dead, bo- all these dead robots all uh-huh. across the land. He's like, "Oh, well, what happened here?" And it looks like Mattel put up quite a fight. Ma- yeah, Maya Mattel put Ma- up quite Ma- a fight. Mattel clad in a bikini at this point. 
Well, and we see Mayatel unconscious on the ground in uh-huh. her bikini. Yeah. Um, and we're just like, whoa, okay, what happened here? Because something knocked her out, but ended up killing everything else. And I think that's kind of a hint of Mayatel's power. Yes. Um, where she is extreme. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say I think she's a robot. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that she has this ability. That, like, she, she like, went into war mode or battle mode or something and destroyed all those other robots. Yeah. But it was such a draining process on her that she went unconscious because of it. Possibly. That's my guess. I yeah, could be completely it, wrong. It's not covered in this episode. It's no. not a mystery. Yeah. We just see her unconscious on the ground in her bikini. And all the other robots are just dead. Yeah. And then he picks her up. She wakes up. And they go back to his boat. And they go back to the old woman's place. Um, and her fur clothing has miraculously dried off. <laughs> and she's wearing it again. Maya tells. Um, fur doesn't dry that quickly. No. But again, you know, production values of an 80s anime, early 80s anime. I poke yep. I, I poke fun because I care. I mean, I really, it's a good show. It's it a is. really good show. But it's also fun to poke fun at stuff like that. Right. Um, but I don't do it, I, I don't, I poke fun in jest. I don't do it to try to be mean. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, he's, he tries to get the gun in the hat back and the woman says, keep it. Because you were saying he's starting to collect things. This is some of the things he's collecting. Uh-huh. Um, and he now has this hat and gun. She says, my son used to be a spacefaring uh, warrior. Yep. He went from planet to planet doing good deeds, helping people and stuff like that. And then he died the moment he, he, he stepped off of his plane when he came home here and got killed right away. And I thought how incredibly ironic that was. Um, and so I have no need for them. I want to give them to you so they can have, they can be of use to somebody. And like, oh, and they say, okay, they go back to the train and the conductor's just like, wait a minute, we, we still have like 130 hours or something like that. I, we, I actually did the math. Mm-hmm. He, he explains how many hours they are. They have a 16 day layover. Mm-hmm. They've only been gone for 15 hours. Wow. And they're going to spend the rest of the time on the train. Wonder's like, yeah, we're just go, bring me a book. I'll go ahead and read. And the conductor's like, okay, I'll bring you a book. <laughs> so, and that's the end of the episode. It is. The episode ends with them on the train, yeah. and they decide to go ahead and leave Titan behind. Um, and those are the first three episodes. Those are the first three episodes. Uh, and like I've been poking fun of the entire time, yeah. it is an older show. It's got an older production values, uh, things that you can go ahead and poke holes in the logic mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, that being said, it revolutionary for its time. You uh, know? Fantastic. And as we were joking about seeing her face all over the place, that just shows you how, you know, influential this show and this, I can't remember what his name is, but the guy who created the manga originally and created, and uh-huh. he also did, he also did, um, um, Captain Harlock. Um, we, I was about to say the year responsible Captain Tyler, but that is not what he did. No. By the way, that's all on YouTube. I've watched all of it. <laughs> the company that owns I love, it. I love Irresponsible Captain Tyler. The company who put who owns the rights of it here in America put all of it on YouTube for people just to watch. Uh, written by uh, Leiji Matsumoto. Leiji Matsumoto? Uh-huh. Did he also do Captain Harlock? Uh, let's see. I, it might not be called that. Uh, Space Battleship Yamato. Space Captain Pirate... Space Pirate, Captain Harlock, okay. Galaxy Express 999. Galaxy uh, Express 39, yeah. And all those are hugely influential, influential anime. Yes. They're all huge. Yeah, Space Captain uh, Space Pirate, Captain Harlock. And then he did Space he did Battleship Yamato as well, huh? Yeah. 
I still have the remake on my queue. Oh, production supervisor on Interstellar 5555. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, his... He, uh... Yeah, his art style was just everywhere for a while. Um... Anyway, uh, if you're not into Star-Z- older anime, uh, Star Zinger, Submarine Super ninety nine. Let's go ahead and move on. <laughs> the Galaxy Railways, which ran from twenty two thousand three to two thousand seven. Wow! So it looks mm-hmm. like a reboot of uh... Galaxy Express nine nine nine. Oh, Galaxy Railways. Yeah, that looks super familiar, but I can't place them. Well, it's definitely his art style. Oh, it definitely is. And his art style is just... It's remained the... You can you can, you can recognize his art style. It's, it's improved over the years, but it's still very much his style. It's where he's got women... Lic- hmm? It's apparently licensed by Funimation right now, this one is. Okay. Anyway, so uh, something to look forward to. Um, a lot of anime seems these days... Uh, do end after one season and end unsatisfyingly because it's kind of like a, just a promotion for like the toys, the the, toy, uh, the, mm-hmm. the book. Like here, here's one season of the anime. Did you like it? Go buy the books. Go buy the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that works out, and it's really great for uh, for some shows. But this show, I read the synopsis to the second to last episode, and he finally makes it to the planet yeah. that he's mm-hmm. planning on going to. So this show. Seems to have the entire story arc yeah. within these mm-hmm. the full set of episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. And I, as I was saying, this is an older show. Yeah, but it has and it has older show production values. But this it's highly influential. Yeah, and it has the store all the story there rather than seeing a season of a show and and it being being done. Right. So if you're okay with the like, if you can put up with the older production values, and honestly, there should be no reason why you can't. Yeah. Um, give the show a watch. It's it's fun. It's fun for what it is. I was actually just doing the math and realizing that if we were to pick this up on Anime Night and watch one episode every every week on Anime Night, we'd finish it in two years. Well, I don't want to pick it up on Anime Night. I've got other <laughs> things I need to watch. I've got other things I need to watch. Yes. Um, so, what are your final thoughts on the show? I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was really good. And obvious, yes, obviously. Things in the modern day have improved from where they were. They had to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much character and nuance and, um, just the, the tone of the show in general is so impactful that I can't, mm-hmm. I can't wait to keep watching it. I do. I, I've got other things that I want to finish first. Um, and this show may be a show that I just kind of watch a couple episodes of every now and then. Yeah. Um, but it's on my queue now. So I'll go ahead and watch it when I get the ch- watch more of it when I have the chance to watch more. Yep. Okay. Um. So that was it for this week's three episodes in for Galaxy Express three nine. Next week it's my choice, and I have picked Anglo Moise Record of Mongol Invasion. Uh huh. In the thirteenth century, the Mongolian Empire rapidly expanded across the globe. Later historians who studied the prophecies of Nostradamus would say that Mongolia was the birthplace of the great king of terror, Anglomois. And at last, the force of the Mongolian Empire would turn their attention toward Japan. 1274, the Bun'e Invasion. This story is a fresh look at the great battle that rocked all of medieval Japan, the Mongol Invasion. It shows how the people of of Tsushima panicked, struggled, and eventually rose up against the overwhelming forces of their enemy. 
That sounds fantastic. This, one of the reasons that I picked this is because this anime was this year. It came out this year. Uh-huh. But also, um, one of my most anticipated games next year is a game called The Ghost of Tsushima. And it's the same story, oh. only you play it instead of watch it. Oh, of course. And it's it's from a different perspective. Instead of being a peasant, you're actually one of the, the surviving samurai. Uh-huh. Um, and guess who is making Ghost of Tsushima. Sucker Punch. The same guys who did the um who did the infamous games. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'll have to show you a video of it because they have been inspired uh by um samurai epics of old. Uh-huh. And a lot of the shots look like they're taken straight lifted straight from samurai films. Mm. And it just looks awesome. I'll have to s- send you some stuff. Like, but um Anyway, like so Kurosawa make films. Okay, I don't make much. films. Yeah. But if I did, they'd have a samurai. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so next week we're gonna watch Anglomois Record of Mongol Invasion. Okay, fantastic. That's it for three episodes in this week. Let's move on to the recommendation of the week. All right, and this week I recommend a uh, an older uh, animation, as uh, Iria, Zirium the animation. Okay, and it's a uh, it's a six episode OVA that. Um, Features the, our main character Iria is a bounty hunter in the future, taking on an immortal demon, okay, named Zirium, who in the first episode uh, kills her brother, who was a better bounty hunter than her in theory, and so she, now she has to get better and find a way of stopping this thing. Okay, and it is absolutely fantastic. It is a wonderful action piece. Um, I loved it. it okay, was, it's great. Okay, good deal. I wish I could link. I, I wish there was a way to link people to it, but I can't seem to find any service that's currently streaming it or anything like that. Uh, when I searched on Amazon, people are selling used copies of the DVD from anywhere from two dollars to a hundred and thirty. Jeez, people trying to profit off of oh yeah owning mm-hmm. this yeah. So okay, well, um, awesome. That's our recommendation of the week. Let's move on to creator shout out, and it's my turn this week. It is. And I'm going to go ahead and shout out to Suzushiro. And Suzushiro, I came across this person's work. I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman, so I'm not going to try to guess. Um, but th- I came across their work on Imgur a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. And this is the person I showed. I think I showed you some of their artwork you of did. skateboarding maids. Skateboarding anime maids. Skateboarding anime maids. And they all look, like a lot of them look like they could have been drawn by K- by um, Kiwani. Uh-huh. Like Kyoto Animation. Yeah. They're just really adorable looking maids doing skateboarding moves. <laughs> um, and I don't much care for, for like the maid fetish that's a lot of people care about in anime and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like I have no, I want to go back to Japan, but I have no desire to visit a maid cafe. That's just not for me. Yeah. I don't much care for maids. But the these maids, like and they're dressed up as Victorian style, style maids with yes. the long skirts and everything. Skateboarding is just so incredibly charming, and the artwork is incredible. It's a very, very impressive artwork. I we have his Twitter that we're going to link you to, or or their Twitter we're going to link you to, and then um, if you want to go ahead and support this person, um, there is a website named Pixiv.net where a lot of Japanese mangakas uh-huh. um, will sell their work, uh, okay. or artists will sell their work. So you can go ahead and go there and just support them directly by buying some of their work. Neat. Okay. So, yeah, um, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening in. 
If you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. It helps out a whole lot. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, Patreon page, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, I want to go ahead and give a, a, thank to, a thanks to Ben Coombs for doing the artwork for our, our avatars and for our site. And uh, a shout-out to uh, Brazmataz for writing the music that we use for our uh, opening-closing piece called Dry Kolk. Dry which, Kolk. Which I've actually looked that up earlier today. It's the Dutch word for whirlpool. Cool. Awesome. So. Dry Kolk. Um, anyway, um, I really hope that the live-action adaptation for Cowboy Bebop still has the Big Band Jazz. Oh. If it doesn't have Big I, Band Jazz, then I'm going to stop they're, they're watching. Doing, they're doing it wrong, then. I mean, besides, that, yeah. that, that, teaser, that teaser gif that they have for, for it said... Three, two, one, let's jam. I know. I mean, like, if they if they abandon that, they've completely ruined the whole point of Yeah. Them. Cowboy Bebop is all about just... And, and Bebop it, is a form of jazz. It's it's a, it's a Western. It's a, it's it's funk. It's uh, jazz. It's noir. It's all that just thrown together, and it yes. works beautifully. And they had better nail that. And honestly, um, I kind of hope that they feel the pressure. Mm. Because... Bebop is a beloved show. Anyway, that's it for this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.